Well, I decided, hey, I'm walking up this hill right now. I might as well just record some of my thoughts that I have basically when I'm by myself all the time. Because I think it's kind of fun to be able to go back and listen basically to my brain rather than just have the thought and be like, well, that's gone. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I could utilize this in a different way as well. So basically I'm just walking up the hill right now behind our house. I'm sure anyone that is possibly watching, the very few possibly have seen pictures of it or been present on it. And uh, it's a pretty beautiful place. And I guess the first thought that was kind of running through my brain was, and I know I've kind of talked very little about it with little sound bites on social media and whatnot in the past, but just the uh, expectation of the human for its partner, the horse, and how great those expectations are, and essentially just sometimes being so confused, myself being confused, at which I'm guilty of this as well, for sure, at criticizing our partners and essentially riding and asking those questions like, why can't you do this? Or why aren't you capable of doing this? And, and uh, it's, it's, it's easy as if, yeah, we're a, a quadruped, like totally can relate. I mean, obviously not. And so it's very baffling that the human oftentimes, like I said, I've definitely been there and seen the errors of those types of thoughts as far as the, why can't you do this? Why you this, this, that, and being placed on them rather than the type of accountability on ourselves and saying, how can I better help my partner understand what I'm saying rather than falling into the same cookie cutout. Ooh, I made it to a ridge. I'm pretty happy about that. Sorry, victory. Uh, rather than just taking a very cookie cutout approach and saying, if it doesn't work, for, like it's worked for all these other ones. And if it doesn't work for you, there's something wrong with you, horse. And I talk to uh, the people in the group I go to about my addiction, about this all the time, as far as we're all individuals. We're all different. We have something that we can all greatly relate, relate to in that addiction. But even amongst like those groups, there's oftentimes a type of confusion amongst, amongst say like an alcoholic and looking at a drug, a drug addict. And, and like, I mean, I'm just saying it in this aspect because I've never heard it go the other way, but oftentimes hearing alcoholics at meetings say something along the lines of, and if you're a, a drug addict, basically you can either sit and be quiet or we can talk to you after or something. Because we just, like, literally heard people go on to extravagant explanations on why they can't relate to these people. And that just baffles me. That just, it just baffles me. Because to have any substance and it try to alter our mindset, how is that so different? How is that so different? That's a tiny thing we can relate to. Like, it's the same thing as me saying, essentially... I can't relate to every alcoholic. I just can't because I haven't experienced the exact experiences they have had, but I can relate to this one thing, this troubling situation in their lives because I've gone through it. I haven't gone through it the same way, 
haven't gone through anything that they've had in the same way. Because I'm not living a cloned life, essentially, as someone else. And so to look at a horse as this cookie-cut-out way of doing things, it has to work for you, because if it doesn't, there's something wrong with you. I see that very well paralleled in the addict world as far as the only main, really the one of the only, one of, one of the only, but certainly the most prominent situation that takes place is going to AA meetings or NA meetings, whatever they are, whatever the classification. And uh, one of the things I often say at the group that I go to, sometimes I'm kind of surprised that they still let me come back, but I say I have a very hard time thinking about things in black and white scenarios. Very hard time. Even if thinking about something that would benefit me, I still find myself going to the other side and basically arguing against myself even. And so, essentially, I, I'm sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting up here. Essentially, like I'll speak and I'll say, listen, I have a very hard time thinking about black and white statements I can make very often. So during the days, I'll sometimes try to catch myself having a black and white statement. And one, basically, that I've come up with that I say I'll try to, I'm gonna try to always share my black and white statements that I think of because they just happen so few, like just very rare. And basically I say, listen, if someone somewhere comes up to you and says, or someone came up to me and said, listen, if you don't do this exactly the way I've done it and you follow this path, you are going to fail. I said, and excuse my language, but I say, if someone comes up to you and say that, that person's a fucking liar and you, and you don't want to be associated with that type of person, unless that works for you. I always try to bring that in and make sure. I said, unless you think that type of way will work for you, then jump in and give it a try. But if they tell you you're going to fail because you're not doing something their exact way, that's a very bold statement and very sort of almost like looming omnipotence as far as looking over everything with so much just I have control of everything. I understand everything now. And this is how it is for all humans. And for me to think that's just, wow. Because I was one of those guys that thought for sure, like there's something wrong with me that I can't get this, rather than trying to tailor my recovery for me as an individual. And I went through trying all the things, all the possibilities. And I would fail and fail and fail. But every time I would try to say, well, okay, failed. I gotta get back up and keep going. As much as it sucks, I gotta keep going and keep trying until eventually, I was essentially finding a bunch of things along the way that would eventually be put in my, my, my recovery now. And I'm incredibly grateful for that because it took me a long, long time. But here I am now. And uh, so I always talk about how this is individual based. The same way that I work with horses, the exact same kind of situation isn't going to be there or accepted or worked on the same way as it will with another. So then I have to adapt and say, okay, this might not work for this one. Let me try this instead. And that's where kind of growing the arsenal of, of working with them is very beneficial in this field. And the more and more that you can do and the more personalities that you run across, I find to just grow me as a human. And it's just amazing being able to relate to all the types of horses that I come in contact with. It's great because, you know, I've even heard other people talk about how well 
well, you have very consistent bloodlines because it's basically the same every year. I said, yeah, that's true, but it's the same, you know, maybe even the exact same uh, crosses that you do. You're never guaranteed to have a similar individual as their sibling. I mean, I've had siblings come in and for like two or three of them, it's just very, very similar. Not completely the same, but very similar. And then maybe that third or fourth one comes in, you're like, oh wow, you are an absolute difference. So that's not even the same as well because you're always gonna get a diversity in the month amongst the way that those individuals come out. And so I try to make that very apparent. And once again, what worked for me, which that will be heard a lot at, uh, like try to find what works for you, there's kind of an odd connotation behind a lot of th- connotations behind a lot of things they say because you'll I heard, I've heard a lot in my experience with things is what works for you or God in your your view of God or whatever your view of this is but it all kind of circles back to something that is but it's got to but but it better be this basically or else you're effed and it's like well, shit that was kind of unclear <laughs> and. Uh, so I try to share that strength with everybody that I come in contact with at these types of meetings because, I mean, I remember going into those things. If Once again, I don't know because I, I don't have a time traveling machine, so I don't know for sure, but how absolutely just an incredibly alleviating that would have been to hear someone come and speak to me and say, listen, I succeeded at this and I didn't do a lot of the things that they say they all have to do and this works for me. And my recovery is very fulfilling and it's amazing. So I try to make that very apparent to any recovering or thinking about recovering addicts because it can be very uh, troubling to just see you're like, this is the only way. And if you don't do it this way, you're going you're gonna to screw yourself. I mean, you're going to either die or you can go to prison. It's like, well, huh, not a lot of options out there. If I can't get this, I'm screwed. And I know for me... I'm essentially my worst critic. I'm very hard on myself and very hard at the self-forgiveness type of situations. And so those failures after hearing that, they get a lot more hard. I get a lot more hard on me because I think, well, everyone else seems pretty sure of this. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Well, this is wrong with me. Then I should go off. But uh, that's the other thing. You know, they, then you can go into the science and statistics and, and statistics and everything, but Honestly, if it, like I had to think about this as well as far as basically the statistics that are pulled on and this goes against like the pros for it and the cons because essentially I think one of the most prominent known st- statistics is that like like 5% of the people at the beginning of the year that are at an AA meeting will be there at the end and that's it and the rest will be gone. But the problem is a person's never going to hear about the statistics that an individual similar to me that's gone out and found a path that works for them and is succeeding, the stis- they, they won't count that in the statistics because they don't know about it because that person doesn't, how are they going to get that statistic? Like, where is that, that information going to come from? If they're not a part of those groups, where are they getting these, where could they possibly get that person's information from? So... That's why I try to look at those things as far as I know that there's other people out there like me that do this stuff on their own path and get it accomplished and to just give a little glimmer of hope to somebody that's at the very beginning of their journey that's a strength that I can share and that's that's huge that's talked about in that AA stuff as well try to help to truly try to help our 
fellow addicts. That's, you know, that they, they talk about that in the, the AA and NA meetings and everything that's involved. And so it's definitely one truth. It's one thing that, like I said, I picked parts, parts of, of the things that work for me there, but I picked other parts that they basically say that's not going to work. That's, that's going to fail. And so it just goes right back to the, if you don't do everything we say, you're going to fail. I don't believe that that's a truth. That's not an absolute truth for me. I mean, I know people that have never stepped foot in a, any type of meeting before in their lives and they've got eight, nine years sobriety. You're never going to hear about those people because that doesn't, that's not really a selling point. And it hasn't been around the individual power to do something. Because there's a lot of things that even going through like the beginning of the 12 steps, like there's a lot of things I don't adhere to and I don't, I don't, I can't relate to in the meaning of those things. I mean, just to throw out the one that's probably the most controversial is I don't see it. I don't see addiction as a disease. I can easily argue from the, uh, oh geez, just lost a word. I can use, uh, where I can use the words to fit that argument very easily. I mean, when looking up the definition of disease, I can't remember exactly how it is. Something to do with, uh, um, well, I guess we could just look it up while we're doing this and then go from there, I suppose. It's going to be so awesome if I record all of this and then it just <laughs> didn't record or something. So definition one of disease is a disorder or incorrectly functioning organ part structure or system of the body resulting from the effect of genetic or de dev developmental errors, infection, poisons, nutritional deficiency, or imbalance, toxicity, or unfavorable environmental favors, factors, illness, sickness, ailment. So that covers quite a bit of ground, and it's pretty easy to, to argue that, yep, the disease fits in, or uh, addiction fits into that as a disease. Um, as far as basically trying to uh, basically just label what it is, I think that gives a lot of people um, a lot of alleviation to the situation. It's just, oh, it's easier to endure. I mean, it's just to hear that is like, okay, I don't really have control over this, and this just is who I am no matter what. It's who I was always going to be. It's those types of things that kind of I don't fall in line with as far as this is who I was going to be no matter what and I don't have any power over this and then it can be easy to argue the other way as far as I'm powerless over alcohol and it's like okay I don't know I don't I don't have power over alcohol I don't have power over I mean basically any inanimate object I don't care to so like I said it's all about arguing the context of it and like I said again coming back into the why that I think could work for people to looking at it as a disease is that it kind of just spells it out very plain and simple as this is how it is this is what's going on now where do you go from here and that can be incredibly alleviating like I said for me that wasn't how it is that wasn't how it was I didn't really I wasn't alleviated by this I thought you know obviously there are genetic factors involved in me being made that I can't control and they just are and it's made me very prone to finding the reward systems in my brain and that's 
you know, that's whatever. For me, addiction was more about the escape and like the good stuff, the good feelings. Those are just kind of a bonus because they didn't last very long. <laughs> because when you were an addict like I was, essentially it just is the very beginning. And if the escape is my goal, that beginning doesn't last very long because I'm trying to escape and GTFO out of this existence. And so that good feeling doesn't stick around too long because I'm in oblivion and I'm barely even there or not there at all because the goal is to not be there at all. So it was always the escape. So to, to try and like, to, to, to understand what it was for me that brought me there, that was very alleviating. Like, okay, that's what it was for me. It was an escape. Why was I trying to escape? Then I could explore those introspective journeys and go on those, go, go down those paths, try to examine those situations and then go from there and start making some, some plans or some, try some different things. And, and, uh, it's worked out pretty well. And I think that, uh, even like negative things that take place with me now, as far as, I mean, the most obvious is the COVID situation and, uh, basically all the lockdowns that took place. Any bad situation could be looked at in a positive some way, somehow. And, uh, like I said, for me, first and foremost, it was a matter of sharing my strength with the world and people that probably don't have a lot of opportunity to see just normal day life happening. I was like, I live basically on the outskirts of a town and I have a beautiful location here and I get to do basically exactly what I do when this isn't happening. So it's, I can't relate to someone suffering from a big, from a, in a big city. So I was like, you know what? I need to post as much stuff as I possibly can so that someone can see a normal life taking place and be excited to get back there. And then after that, after it kind of got like a little worse, things actually started getting closed down in Spearfish and like my gym was closed down. I couldn't go to my meetings. So basically everything was taken away and I tried to adapt. I got my house gym stuff set up and that was okay. It's not the same as actually making the decision and choice to go get up and go somewhere and do something positive for your health. So it wasn't quite as fulfilling, but that's where the positive came out of the negative situation is essentially losing needs in my recovery that I hadn't actually classified as something that was a need for my recovery. And so essentially it put me into a forced a situation that was forced forced me to realize that oh I need those meetings I need to go to the gym because I have to go somewhere that just difference in mindset of I'm going to go somewhere to just work on my body which then benefits my mind indirectly I didn't realize how important those things were I kind of just happy accident stumbled upon them without realizing the importance of those things so I became pretty out of balance and my mental state kind of got a little shaky there for a hot minute. But like I said, I came into the conclusion I came to the conclusion of, oh, I needed those things or else I fall out of balance. So then it was so then it was me like, okay, how do I get this stuff back? And then, you know, luckily, like I think maybe a week or two later, how serendipitous, <laughs> my gym opened back up and I contacted some people from that group that I always go to and they said, Hey, I think we can get this utilized, we can get this situated, you can come back. And so I started doing that right away. But in the meantime, even if that 
group that I got to go to all the time wasn't going to work. I was in the search for online type stuff to meet up with people because community, I think, is very important for humans in general. And as an addict, I know I was always very like much a loner and wanting to do things alone and not realizing the importance of community and people to help me and me help them, which once again, indirectly helps myself. And so, like I said, finding basically a bunch of needs and the classification of those things is, oh, this is something I have to have. This is something I have to have. And then talking about like my group after I went and started going back there, being able to adapt to those situations when they do get taken away out of, you know, not being able to control the world, <laughs> I have to be able to adapt. I remember after my accident, um, besides my head, the only other thing that was injured was my shoulder really bad. My right shoulder was really, 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 really messed up. And so essentially I couldn't do anything upper body at the gym and I couldn't really do anything lower body really because any type of like holding on, like say a squat, squat bar, anything like that, I just couldn't move my arm around a lot to do anything. So I said, well, I guess I have to do cardio and I do not, I do not do cardio. That is just not something I do. But at that moment I thought I have to adapt. And so to get up and have to go to the gym, not have to go, but get to choose to go to the gym and utilize that need, I adapted and I started doing a lot of cardio <laughs> until my arms started feeling better because I wanted to, once again, I wanted to be, be still in the way that allowed my body to heal enough that I wasn't going to be causing a detriment to, to myself further, further down the road and been like, man, I wish I would have taken a little more time and healed a little better. So that was, a, that was a really difficult thing for me to do as well because if anybody knows me personally, I'm not much of a still quiet kind of guy. I like to be out and doing what I'm doing right now. Walking up the hill. It's just, it's, I, I just love this kind of stuff and, and doing things. And I mean, that's why I always post about how I love my work. I like to be active. It's just, it's nice. But it's about, I've kind of come to the realization that I have to be kind to myself and being still, no matter how uncomfortable it is right now, it's just something that's unfamiliar and it's being very kind to your body. My body, it needs to rest sometimes. It needs to have a break and, and some stillness. And that's for both the mind and body. And it, it, can, it will become more familiar and it can become more comfortable is what I realized. And so found those changes. And I think I'm going to cut this off. I might be able to add them together, but I'm going to uh, cut some sage. And so I have to say goodbye for a little bit. I'll be back maybe. Oh, I guess there's a feature where I can just start over where I left off. Except I just found some more that were calling out to me. Thank you. Thank you. It'll take me a second to really get back there. I'm almost there. Thank you. Thought I was finished, but some more, like I said, started talking to me. So here I am. Here I am. Some more talking to me. Right up here. Okay. Let's shift.
I hope everyone's uh, having a good day. Like they had a good week. It's Friday today. So I believe people will be going, having some times with their friends, their family. All the good times. All the good times. All the good times. Thank you. So, now we can get going. We just got to go up this way. And then it's the downhill part. But, oh, I think I totally got segued off the first, very first thing I was going to talk about, which was uh, me talking about how the expectations that we hold for our horses and just not trying to have the mindset of trying to help them get accomplished with something, but being so hard on them in a way that's like, what is wrong with you rather than how can I help you? And so that's why I really love and enjoy to do something like this something that like I said once again in the past I think I utilized in a negative way and I've tried to to change in the sense that bringing them up here all the time like all the time and it's not easy to get up this hill and it's nice just because a person can allow their colt to just walk and they just walk up the hill and you don't have to mess with them and so that's good but I utilize over utilizing it so much is just putting something through so much physical torment that just, why? So now I do it very seldomly when they're ready and then I come up here, but that's what I was trying to get at as far as how dare I say, why can't you just do this? Get up this hill if I do not myself from time to time come take a little journey up this hill. I mean, pretty big of me to be so, to talk down on a creature that I love and enjoy if I do not perform the same type of activities that they do, or at least push push myself in the way that I expect them to push themselves for me, or, or hope, or try to hope, or in the past, like I said, if, if I have the expectations on a creature that I'm trying to lead that do this, well, I sure as shit better be doing something to deserve to be, I mean, how, what, what, how do I deserve to talk to my partner in that way when I sit on the couch all day? I mean, that's not very, that makes a lot of sense. Very hypocritical of me. Hypocrisy, it's finest. So that's what I really, I think I missed that at the beginning where that's why, I mean, I love doing this stuff regardless. Like I said, it's a way, it's a completely different way of being able to connect to a creature that I do with to experience the same things that they have to experience, then it's, it's, it, it means something to me. And I think it would mean something to them if they were capable of holding those types of thoughts <laughs> in any way. But once again, like I said, it, it makes me feel good and it makes me feel better. And so I try to continue to do that stuff, work out my body and be athletic, if I expect my partner to be athletic, I should try to work myself and keep myself healthy and my body healthy in a way that those words hold merit within me as well. And I hadn't done that for a lot of my life. I treated my body and my mind pretty poorly over time. It started to wear on me until finally it was a situation that I was able to get a hang on, get a hand on, excuse me, 
<laughs> get, a, get a hold of and start uh, being proactive and working on my recovery. And so it's been, it's been a hell of a journey, let me tell you. But it was, uh, it was worth it. To get where I'm at now, it's, it was worth it. You know, I, I, I think I, this is, this was probably be pretty strange for people to read at the time, but I talked about with a few friends about how, you know, if I would have died in that injury, obviously not being aware that I would die, of course it would be fine. But if that had to be my time, it was a good time. And the rest of this is just bonus. Like I was, con I was very happy and pleased with where I was in my life at that point. But this bonus, now I've been able to get places even farther in my life that I'm like, wow, I'm so impressed with myself and, and, and I'm just, I'm continuing to search for greatness and, 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 and uh, a type of betterment within my being and trying to share that with people so that it can possibly benefit them as well. And so it's just, like I said, it's, I, I, it's all a bonus and it's been... I utilized that bonus because I certainly could have taken a completely different route because that was an option. It was just going back that old path. I mean, it made a, honestly made a lot more sense to me, like thinking about it now. I'm like, wow, I'm pretty surprised that I didn't do that. Like, good for you, Brandon. <laughs> but uh, it was the perfect setup for essentially after my accident and what they wanted me to do, which is nothing. Go sit in a room basically all day do not stimulate your brain and do nothing. And I was like, oh no, <laughs> that sounds absolutely terrifying. And so like I said, I had to adapt and work on that. And essentially that would basically have been the perfect setup for me to have relapsed in the past, being bored and not being able to be active. So once again, like I've been saying over and over, I had to adapt and I had to practice meditation and I had to practice being calm. I got to write a little more since I was less brain stimulus than watching movies or anything which definitely still guilty of but tried to cut it down and like I said I tried to adapt and get it accomplished and I came out better on the other side not better in like all aspects obviously my motor skills aren't on point the same as they were but my mentality and my mind frame my job everything's for me it's been a benefit because of the path I chose rather than deciding well I'm just gonna, this, this, this is a lot, this is too much. I'm gonna just go pat, back this direction. I'm, I'm very pleased that that wasn't, you know, Brandon's decision at the time. That would have been not very fun, not very fun to deal with. So we can take the good out of, some, out of something bad and out of something horrible. And I mean, this, I honestly, my accident was horrible and I mean, it was very, very troubling, but I mean, I can still walk. I can still talk now. I couldn't talk very well at the beginning, but I saw a lot of people that were much worse off than I was. And that was part of the motivation for me to stay on that path was these people are being strong. I have to be strong. I mean, I, I must be. I've done, I was able to find my uh, recovery path right beforehand and that was going pretty dang awesome to fall off that right now would be a nightmare I would be so disappointed and it would be just opening up my life for I mean the smallest of fa failures to set me up for that kind of stuff so not uh, 
Didn't want to travel down that path again. Didn't want to do that. And, uh, oh no. And this is where the bread and mind talking podcast thing could take a turn because I'm like, I was going to say something, but I can't remember what it was. And since there's nobody around, nobody can remind me. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> See, I don't need I don't need anybody to do this with me. I can just talk to myself and it'll all work out. Um, during my accident, I very much had the mindset of this isn't a big deal. Like, yes, they had to put me in a medically induced coma and I don't I didn't form actually any like short-term memories. Like honestly, you could put any doctor I had in front of me right now and I would never be able to remember who they were. And for the first 2 weeks especially after they pulled me out of the medically induced coma, I didn't I don't have any memories. Like any of those memories they just didn't make I just didn't make them. I don't remember the accident. I don't remember about 2 weeks after they woke me up and then I kind of just barely kind of remember going to Denver and and all that stuff, but that's kind of where I had to kind of come to a conclusion to help to, to, to help take care of myself that it might not seem like a big deal because everyone that I was surrounded by either couldn't walk, had assistance walking, or had to have their skulls cut open to remove fluid that had had built up, and I didn't have to do any of that. I basically couldn't I couldn't walk very well, but like I said, a lot better than basically everybody surrounding me and I couldn't talk very well, forming words, or I would get stuck on stutters really bad. It took me a hot minute to get over that. Um, so, when, you know, I went to Denver, and I thought, this, I'm, this is nothing. I mean, I've been an addict. I've been in pretty bad situations. The thing, the, the, the situation was not remembering the accident. Like, it just didn't seem like that big of a deal to me, because I was like, well, I'm just coming to you right now. I mean... Things feel kind of weird, but <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal. And I kind of started convincing myself of that until after the first week's week I was in Denver, uh, the neurolog like I was finally able to do an MRI because <laughs> they couldn't take an MRI with me because I wouldn't hold still, I guess. I mean, like I said, I don't remember any of this, but I guess I was a bit of a sporadic specimen when it came to sitting still and, and being a little uh, unruly. And so they couldn't actually do an MRI with me right away. But once I got to Denver, I was a little more myself, so I could sit still at least. So they did an MRI, and then a week after, they gave me the results. And basically, it's the entire team would come into one room and look at the results. And the very first thing the neurologist said when we walked in was, well, we got the results, and this is a lot worse, a lot worse than I thought it was going to be. And I kind of just got, you know, big shit-ass grin on my face, like, oh, no. And they were starting to talk about, like, where it was bleeding and where the, com or the contact must have taken place. And then, ooh, ooh, almost went down. That was the first time. Uh, the contact came in place on the right side, causing the brain to bounce in the skull and all that stuff. And then this is where it was breeding, uh, bleeding in the, in the midbrain right here and pointing out all these places. And I was just like, oh, Lord. I better start taking this a little, more, a little more serious. And so that was kind of the turning point that I was like, I gotta not try to push myself, which is definitely what I would have done if I would have kept that mindset of this not being a big deal. I would have been doing stupid stuff and, and been frustrated with myself for not being able to do them. And then another realization of that was, so I was at the rehab for so long that I walked on hospital floors for, you know, about a month or so, a little over a month, a month and a half. And that's it. So level, 
hospital floors. And that was pretty easy. That was pretty easy. Well, the second that I was finally able to get home and I started walking around the house, I started realizing I basically tripped every five feet and I didn't understand. I was like, what is going on? And I'm like, oh, the ground <laughs> is not even. And I couldn't, like my brain just couldn't quite get there. And so I had to think about every step I took, which I don't know if any of you uh, have thought about this before, but how often do you think about walking? Not very often. I had to think about walking for, oh, it was probably about a little over a month. I had to think anywhere that I went that wasn't flat, I had to think about my steps, every step I took or else I would fall. And, and, uh, so like I said, those were the types of things that I was like, okay, I got to be very kind to myself right now because this is, uh, affected me a little more than I'm trying to let on. And then going forward, you know, working with machinery or, or doing anything like a lot of those things came to fruition as well or being able to just see like okay this isn't the same this isn't the same and so my hand-eye coordination was just out the window just gone and the balancing was just really difficult that was another realization I had when I, I can did continue continuing excuse me I did continuing rehab in spearfish and they have you stand on the ground just flat feet two feet on the ground shoulder width apart and you just stand there and they say okay stand there now stand on one leg and I was like oh I can actually do this all right no big deal and so then they're like okay put both feet on the ground and this happened in two different aspects I'll explain the second one in a second but so they go back to two feet and they say okay now go back to one foot so I'd go to one foot and I'd be like yeah I can get this accomplished pretty easy and they say okay now close your eyes and the second I closed my eyes, like within milliseconds, I just fell. I just couldn't, I couldn't picture the world around me in my mind to navigate my balance and make it work. And so that was very just eye-opening and being like, oh, wow. Not being able to just, not just not being able to picture your mind and then taking so many of those things for granted and being like, oh, wow, our bodies are amazing. Like our bodies can do some amazing things that we take for granted every single day. And I was made very aware of that. Like, dude, your body just base almost walks on it on its own subconsciously. Like, I mean, I'm doing it right now. And it's just, it's amazing. The human body is amazing. Not to mention the ability for an, any brain injury type person to take place, have take place and to rebound from those types of things. I mean, like I said, I, I didn't, I was not nearly... <laughs> In the depths of pain is a lot of people I was surrounded by and, and just the progress I seen them make while I was there I was just so amazed and impressed with so many people and, and their strength is it, it was an amazing experience so that's what I had to do to come to those realizations those was experience a lot of that stuff and be like I need to make some change here in taking care of myself in these ways whatever that was like I said there was a lot of different things and slowly but surely I found uh, thing two things three things oh i don't like that third thing so there's just two now one thing two things three three things yeah i like that third thing let's keep that and so on and so forth until you could collect an arsenal of things to help me succeed and uh it's working so i'm just gonna keep doing it but i just got to the base and i'm trying to navigate through putting this wire fence this electric fence up 
So I'm going to say goodbye to everybody so I don't electrocute myself. Bye, and I hope you have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye.